Once upon a time, in fact, once upon this time, it's time for Fable City Radio with your host, Martha Whitehouse. On Fable City Radio, you will hear the tale of Fulio. It's a fable based on the story, The Golden Goose by the Brothers Grimm. Following the story, we will talk about the archetype of the fool's journey and the way Fulio's story still holds relevant lessons to aid us on our own journeys through life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Once upon a time, in a place too far away to be remembered anymore, there lived a man, his wife, and their three sons. The man was very proud of two of his sons, but his youngest son, whom the family named Fulio, never failed to disappoint. He just couldn't seem to do anything right and his family, as his given name implies, thought him quite the fool. One day, the father sent his eldest son into the forest to cut down trees for firewood. The boy's mother, afraid that her son would tire before the task could be completed, sent a sweet cake and a flask of wine with him so that he could regain his strength. The eldest son strode confidently into the forest, No sooner had he found a good tree to test his axe against when he heard a sound behind him and turned to find a scruffy little man holding out one hand. Please, sir, said the unfortunate beggar, can I have a little bite of your sweet cake and just a little sip from your wine flask? The eldest son frowned down at the little man. If I give you my food, I won't have enough for myself. Go away, old man. The eldest son returned to his work, and the little man disappeared back into the deep shade of the forest. When the eldest son returned home with his impressive load of lumber, his father praised him for his work and turned to the second eldest son. Your brother has done a fine job, and now it's your turn to work. So the second brother sharpened his axe and prepared to set off for the forest. Just as she had for his brother, The mother gave the middle son a sweet cake and a flask of wine and told him to make sure he kept his strength up by enjoying the snack. The second son found a tree nearly as large as his elder brother's and full of energy, he started chopping away at its trunk. He had just struck his third blow when the scruffy little man stepped out of the forest gloom to address him. Please kind sir, he said, Take pity upon a poor old beggar and give me just a bite of your sweet cake and a small sip from your flask of wine. I am so hungry and thirsty. Angry at the interruption, 
the second son turned on the little man and shouted, Go away, you little beggar! I have work to do, and if I give you my food, I won't have enough left for myself. Then he started chopping down the tree, hardly noticing as the old man shambled quietly back from where he came. When the second son returned home with his pile of wood, his father praised him, saying, You are most certainly a man now. You have done a man's work today, and I am very proud of you. Fulio, who was such an embarrassment to his parents that they scarcely bothered to feed and clothe him, jumped up and down to get his father's attention. Oh, please, father, may I go into the forest like my brothers and do the work of a grown man? The father looked dubiously at his youngest son. Well, I'm sure you'll make a mess of the job and come back empty-handed, but it's just as well that I'm rid of you, if only for a single day. He laughed at the idea of his incompetent son trying to complete the task. If I'm really lucky, you'll get lost in the forest and I won't have to support your useless existence anymore. That would be a relief. Fulio was thrilled to take on the work in spite of his father's cruel words and half-hearted blessing of his mission. Although he really wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, Fulio, a kind boy, was happy to finally be doing something useful for his family. He picked up his old axe with its wobbly handle and chipped blade and asked his mother for something to eat. Reluctantly, she brought him a half-stale seed cake and a small flask of barley beer that was just starting to go sour and told him to get on with his work. Fulio went whistling happily into the woods, for though he was clearly not well regarded by his own family, he was generally a happy, gentle lad. Soon he came to a sturdy tree that he thought would be suitable for chopping. He had just lifted his wobbly axe when the old beggar appeared at his elbow. Please, sir, he said, could I have just a bite of your food and a draught of your beer? I am so hungry. Fulio sat down on a nearby stump and called the old man over as he started to open his meager package of food. I'm sorry there's not much here, sir, said Fulio, but whatever I have I will gladly share with you, for two can eat as easily as one. The little man shuffled over to the stump, and when Fulio looked down at the food, he was amazed to see a feast arrayed before him with a pile of sweet cakes and the best wine he had ever tasted instead of his miserly seed cake and sour beer. The old man and the young man ate together heartily. When they were finished, the old man said, You have been kind to me, young man, and now I will return the favor. He pointed to a huge old tree and said, That tree is a very special tree. If you chop down to its roots, I promise you that you'll find something that will be of great value to you. Fulio turned around to thank the old man, but he was gone. Shrugging, the boy picked up his old axe and was startled to find that it was now a beautiful new axe with a sturdy handle and a strong, sharp blade. With the fine feast sitting comfortably in his stomach and the handsome axe to work with, Fulio had no trouble at all chopping down to the roots of the old tree. Nestled there was a shiny golden goose. It was the prettiest bird Fulio had ever seen, and he gathered it up in his arms and set off down the road, leaving both the firewood and his ungracious family forgotten and far behind him. Fulio walked on for a while, not knowing where he was headed and not really too concerned about what he would do when he got there. After a while, he tired of walking, and with the sun going down, he decided to stop at an inn he saw a little way down the road. Now it just so happened 
that the innkeeper had three daughters. And when they saw the young man checking in, they marveled at the shining golden goose he carried and whispered among themselves, We must find a way to pluck at least one feather from that bird, said the eldest sister. It would be worth a fortune. Leave it to me and I'll make us rich. But the other two sisters were skeptical about their sibling's ability to get a feather from the golden bird, and they each thought of their own plan to obtain a feather for themselves. Fulio was just getting settled down in his room when he heard a knock on the door. He got up, still holding the goose in one arm, and opened the door to find the eldest sister smiling at him coyly. Young sir, she said, putting her hand on Fulio's arm. I am the innkeeper's daughter, and I couldn't help noticing your beautiful bird. Would you mind terribly if I petted her a little? Fulio shrugged and said, It's fine with me. But as the eldest daughter tried to remove her hand from Fulio's arm to set it upon the bird's golden feathers, she realized that she was stuck fast to Fulio and could not remove her hand no matter how hard she pulled. Fulio who I must say again, was not so bright, was so tired from his journey that he didn't notice that the girl was stuck to him. He yawned and said, I'm sorry, miss, but I'm really tired and I must sleep. So if you'll excuse me. Oh no, fine sir, said the girl, struggling to come up with a way to free herself from Fulio's arm without alarming him. You must come downstairs with me right now. My mother has prepared a fine dinner for you and it would offend her greatly if you didn't come downstairs and eat it. Reluctantly, Fulio agreed to go back downstairs to eat dinner. As he headed to the stairs, he didn't notice that the girl was stuck to him like a bug caught in the sap of a tree. He stumbled tiredly down the stairs and the eldest daughter, having no choice, stumbled awkwardly after him. Fulio walked into the dining room with the girl close behind him and almost bumped into the second sister just getting up from the table. She reached up to lay her hand upon her sister to get her attention and found that she too was stuck fast to her sister's arm. She reached up to lay her hand upon her sister to get her attention and found that she was stuck fast to her sister's arm. Hey, she whispered anxiously to her sister. What's going on here? I can't seem to take my hand off your arm. I have no idea what's going on, her sister hissed at her. I'm stuck to this idiot and you're stuck to me. Just follow along behind me and I'll figure out a way to get us loose. Fulio, heedless of the two girls behind him, scowled at the food on the table. I'm sorry, he said, but I'm simply too tired to eat anything right now. I'm going to bed. Fulio turned quickly and headed out of the dining room and the two girls had no choice but to follow him. At the bottom of the stairs, they ran into the youngest sister. Hey, what are you two doing? She asked. Then she reached out to grab her middle sister's arm. No, wait, stop. What if you do not touch us? Yelled the oldest sister, but it was too late. No sooner had the youngest sister laid her hand upon the second sister's arm when she too found herself hopelessly attached. Fulio trudged tiredly back up the stairs, and the three sisters had no choice but to follow him. He opened his bedroom door and walked through. And as she was the last in line and scared that her father would find them in such a ridiculous predicament in the strange young man's room, the youngest sister quickly shut the door behind them. Fulio flopped down on his bed, 
clutching his precious goose tightly and fell immediately asleep. The poor sisters had to make themselves comfortable any way they could, sprawled out on the floor. They spent a restless night attached to Fulio and his golden bird. Now, dear listeners, at this point in the story, I must tell you that unbeknownst to Fulio and his new entourage, in a kingdom a few miles away from where they slept, a very unhappy king was lecturing his very unhappy daughter. You must marry, cried the king. But I don't see how I'll ever find the right man to take you off my hands, as you are so doleful and ill-tempered. I don't believe I've ever even heard you laugh in all the 18 years you've been upon this earth, he complained bitterly. Who could be happy married to such a miserable, gloomy princess? The perpetual frown on the princess's face grew even fiercer than usual, but she said nothing. The king pondered the problem and finally made a proclamation that any eligible man who could make his daughter laugh would win her hand and become the heir to his kingdom. The king sent runners off in every direction to take word of the challenge to the surrounding villages. Suitors, who thought themselves funny, or at least very clever, began to arrive at the king's castle in droves. The king held a great festival, and crowds arrived to watch the suitors perform. But much to the king's dismay, not a single one succeeded in amusing his sad daughter. Back at the inn, Fulio was just waking up, his arm still wrapped carefully around his wonderful goose. He got up quickly and decided to start off early to find his fortune on the road. The three sisters, stuck hopelessly to Fulio, stumbled after him as best they could. They didn't see their father on the way out of the inn, so they didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. Fulio strode down the road with the three young ladies following close behind, and after walking for an hour, they ran into a peddler walking toward them. The man was pushing a handcart loaded with savory pies. He stopped short when he saw the silly-looking parade coming toward him. The peddler thought that the four people and the goose must be putting on a show. They looked so funny walking down the road that the peddler decided to reward them with one of his pies. As Fulio and the girls stumbled past the peddler, he put his hand on the youngest daughter's shoulder to give her the pie. Of course, both he and his pie were helplessly stuck to the growing line. Fulio continued relentlessly down the road, picking up one curious person after another, until the line of people following him looked like a giant crawling centipede. Eventually, Fulio and his followers happened to pass through the kingdom of the unhappy princess. And when she leaned out of her window and saw the ridiculous sight of all those people stuck and stumbling together, she laughed until her teeth rattled in her head. The king, hearing the unexpected and miraculous sound of laughter coming from his daughter's room, ran in to find her giggling uncontrollably. He too looked out of the window and ordered his men to stop everyone in Fulio's line. A soldier quickly stepped in front of Fulio and shouted, stop at once. Fulio stopped and the crowd behind him crashed into one another, causing the princess to laugh even harder. The king came down to meet the man who had made his daughter laugh. He held out his hand and said, you have won the contest, young sir. You shall marry my daughter and inherit my kingdom.
Fulio put down the goose to shake the king's hand, and all at once the line of people behind him were freed, and they fell exhausted to the ground. So Fulio married the princess, and they lived happily ever after, proving that even a fool can get people to follow him, and that a person who is kind to strangers and willing to take a journey down an unknown road is often the one who ends up the winner. The end. Well, it sounds like things really worked out well for the fool in our story. But what can a fairy tale about a magic goose and its foolish owner really teach us? Well, actually, it teaches us a couple of valuable lessons. Let me break it down for you. First, Fulio is surrounded by people who don't believe in him. They think he's an incompetent and that he can't be trusted with even the simplest task. This is how all of us really start off in life. Even if you grew up in the most supportive family in the world, you had to prove yourself over and over again before anyone would trust you with even the simplest tasks, let alone the most important jobs. When you were a child, your parents didn't trust you to know the difference between safety and danger. They kept you away from hot stoves, sharp objects, dangerous predators, and open electrical sockets. If they didn't protect you from your own curiosity, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast because you would probably be dead. We travel a road in life that runs a spectrum. We all start off as fools. If you prefer the term novice instead, please use that. However you refer to the state of not knowing everything, don't fear it. We are fools at the start of every new endeavor because we have to learn new skills in each instance. The fool is a regular fixture in fairy tales and his presence there is a reminder that it's a state we often find ourselves in. Next, Fulio starts on his adult journey intent on doing one job, only to end up finding a new mission and never finishing the original task. Are you a ballerina or a fireman or a doctor? Are you working in the field you majored in in college? If so, you're probably one of those rare people who start off in life knowing exactly what they want to do and actually end up doing it. I am so jealous of people like you. Stop listening to this podcast and go back to dancing Swan Lake or putting out fires or finding cures to diseases. Society needs you and you probably don't need lessons from an internet stranger. But the truth is that most of us start off thinking we want to do one thing and somehow or another, we fall into a job or profession by situational happenstance. Sometimes this works out and sometimes it doesn't. But don't feel bad. This stumbling into jobs, careers and businesses and even relationships is the way that most of us start out. Fulio is not alone. By the way, one more thing. Did you notice how Fulio is the only person in the story who is given a name? Fairy tales often name only the main character. The story is telling us that we are Fulio. He has a name and so do we. The naming of a character in a fairy tale tells us that we are either supposed to identify with that character or recognize that character as being at the center of the lesson we are supposed to learn. Another point, a stranger in the woods redirects Fulio's life path because the trusting lad was kind to him. Fairy tales often have a mysterious character who changes the fate of the hero. The mystery character can be a person, usually old and decrepit, but still he's the keeper, he or she, is the keeper of some secret knowledge or an animal like a talking fish who begs for mercy and grants wishes to the fisherman who spares his life. Or they are the magical helper 
and that magical helper can be something that doesn't fall into an easily definable category, like a bright light or a strange voice that the main character is drawn to. As adults, we like to think that our destiny is in our own hands, but in life there's always an X factor, the unknown or unknowable thing that can send our lives into an entirely different direction than the ones we were planning to follow. The unknown is frightening precisely because it is unknown. Fairy tales turn the nameless unknown into a character. These characters are often a little scary, but ultimately they end up helping the hero of the story by changing that person's life forever. The woods or murky depths of the water from which these strangers appear represent a future that is full of unknown dangers and opportunities. Another interesting point is that Fulio attracts people without realizing that he has a line of followers. This part of the story is very interesting to me because you can interpret it in a couple of different ways, both of which offer some valid lessons. The line of people following Fulio might represent the people you might have to drag unwillingly behind you until you reach your final successful destination, a successful business or a career or a great long-lasting relationship. You will have to believe in your own ideas and you may have to convince some unwilling people to go along with you until you can... Last, but certainly not least, Fulio becomes a success precisely because he is a naive fool. A fool is willing to be the ignorant beginner or novice. We're all ignorant when we start any new venture. If you can't or won't accept the fact that you are the fool when you start trying something new, you will never succeed at that venture. You simply can't know how to do everything when you first start out. No one can. I hope you've enjoyed this story and I hope you'll join me next week for more Fable City Radio.